Or are you listening to this podcast now? Settle in, grab a cuppa, it's all welcome. It's the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast with James and Ellie. Hey team, welcome back to the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast. First one of the new year, as was just pointed out to me. Last one with Harry French was week before Christmas. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go back. He's a very, very funny guy. I'm sure anybody that's listened to it will testify to that. So it's a good laugh. If you want a bit of a giggle, get to know Harry a little bit more. Um, back on the 17th, I think that was. So head back, take a listen. Um, this week, we are going a little bit off-piste again. We've got more of a, a specialist view on a topic, which is always fun. Like we've had Connor in on the past to talk about mindfulness. This week, we have Sammy to talk about calisthenics and everything body weight movement. So I'm really interested about this. I is probably the, an area of fitness that I've got fairly limited knowledge on. Um, and I haven't, I was away for both of the calisthenics workshops that we've run at Valesco as well. So actually, I'm really interested to ask a few questions, get Sammy's insight on a few things and see where the conversation goes. So Ellie, as always, is joining us. How's your morning been? Good, thank you. And yours? Mine's been good. I'm, a, I'm recovering from an injury, but I'm, every day I'm discovering more and more movements that I'm able to do again. So that's a, that's a positive. And I've added two more to the repertoire this morning alone. What so, they? Uh, I can do burpees again, and war balls don't hurt as well. So two of my faves, as you know, as Harry French will know as well. <laughs> um, Sammy, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good, man. And, um, thank you for having me again. Every time that I'm in Bristol, you guys are very hospitable and allow me to teach workshops and come in and train so I really do appreciate the time and yeah. thanks for having me. You're very welcome thanks for sparing the time it's probably going to be far more beneficial for us than it is for you so it's always nice to have guests and visitors and, and some insight. We generally start with a little bit of an icebreaker so I'm gonna we, we want two things from you okay. so the first thing we want is what you would banish from the world what you would put into room 101 if you could put anything into room 101 so my my go-to is when i'm allowed to talk about it is greta thunberg oh, yes. um or if which i have I'm to not. which i'm not allowed to talk about yeah, yeah. um when i have to filter myself <laughs> it, it would be greetings cards okay so if you could get rid of anything from the face of the earth what would it be well, that's a hard one. Could it be a person or a thing? It it could be it a could be a person much, if right? it's yeah yeah <laughs> yeah if it's not going to push people's buttons. Okay, all right. Let's <laughs> maybe it, let's let's keep it a thing. Maybe let's make it a thing. Yeah. What thing would I banish the most? It's going to sound a bit of a weird one, but cauliflower. <laughs> I absolutely despise cauliflower. Okay. I just Fair. do not like it. Don't like the look of it. Don't like the taste <laughs> of it. Just don't like it. So for me, it would be cauliflower. Cauliflower. Nice. Love that. <laughs> So we've got a new addition. We haven't had cauliflower banished before. So. Second question that we always like to ask. If your only mode of transport for the rest of your life was a donkey yeah. or a giraffe, which one would you choose? That's a good question. It is. So if you were on a giraffe, obviously, like, you would have a better view of things, right? So You would. But... I... Yeah. Ah, that's a hard one. I would, I would say, I would say a donkey. 
I would say a donkey. Sammy, we're robbing, uh, it, robbing in a giraffe. We're starting on the right foot. We've got someone logical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got someone sensible. <clears throat> I feel I feel good already. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so you're here to talk a little bit about calisthenics. Yes. I guess the obvious place to start. What is calisthenics? How do you define or how is calisthenics defined? So calisthenics is body weight training. Um, it comes from the, the Greek word kali and phenix, which means strength and beauty. So it's nice, beauty okay. and the strength. Um, it's anything to, it's anything body weight uh, with the additions of like pull-up bars, rings, uh, other pieces of equipment like parallettes. So that's what it is. It's been around for quite a while. Okay. I think a lot of people have heard of it maybe watching YouTube years ago and seeing people like Hannibal for King or seeing people in New York on the yeah, yeah. bars and, and training them. But of course, it's developed a lot since then, especially the last like 10 years or so. It's completely different. And there's many different aspects to calisthenics. There's obviously like freestyle element and acrobatics. There's more strength based um, and static holds. Yeah, okay. And um, now, of course, like the gymnastics side of it, which is real similar in a sense, but when you're training gymnastics and you go to a gymnastics center or something, the bar tends to move a bit. It gives a bit of resistance. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, when you guys train in CrossFit and that, it's on the it's on a pull-up bar, which doesn't move. So it makes it a little bit more harder in, in that sense, but um, they're quite similar okay. as well. Nice. Um, how did, I guess, we'll, we'll circle back around to calisthenics in a minute. Cool. How, um, what's your background? Like, how did you come to find calisthenics? What's your sporting background before calisthenics? Like, what's the... What's the story with you? Amazing. So, I, I, first of all, I was skateboarding. So, I skateboarded for 10 years. Oh, I used to skate. Nice. Yeah. I skateboarded for 10 years from like the age of uh, 12 to about 22 and kept doing it after that. But, of course, when I started PT and everything like that, you got to take care of your body. And yeah, you right. Don't be rolling around on concrete <laughs> as, as much. So did that and then transitioned to um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when I was 17 because I had one of my friends that was training. So I've been doing that ever since. I've got a, a brown belt under Pedro Bessa. He's one of the best coaches in, in the UK as well. Nice. He's in Bristol. Um, and then through that sort of training, uh, again, the same person that got me into Jiu-Jitsu, he started training calisthenics and he took me to uh, Dean Lane took me to the pull-up bars there and he was like yeah this is what i've been doing and everything and was watching him doing muscle-ups and all this crazy stuff and yeah. i was thinking man i want to i want to have a go so got on the pull-up bar tried to do a pull-up i couldn't do one <laughs> couldn't even do one and i said right this is the start of something so yeah uh, i would train the calisthenics uh alongside the jiu-jitsu was sort of the strength based element to, okay. to the training so obviously you have the jiu-jitsu where you're doing the cardio and you're doing the technique and you're rolling and everything like that but when it came to uh, the strength and conditioning side it was all body weight stuff because of course you're moving your body if you're rolling with someone it's their body so it's i didn't really want to necessarily uh start doing um like weightlifting so yeah uh, i had to work on my mobility and flexibility dexterity everything that can uh add my add like a better arsenal to my jiu-jitsu game yeah okay so that's interesting because one of my next questions was going to be, um, I, I guess I've, I've got a couple of questions, <clears throat> one of which was going to be, what does, and, and we'll answer this in a minute, like what, what does a calisthenics session look like? But actually that, I guess, kind of branches off into a second question that I've got that, that you've kind of touched on is, 
whether or not exists, whether or not it exists as its own like independent sport, or whether yes. or not you je- like almost use it to supplement other sports as well. I guess it's a little bit like CrossFit in that sense. In that, yes. I imagine it exists in its own environment, yes, but has a lot of crossovers to other sports <laughs> and other environments. Exactly. So. Um, in the sport itself, you know, like there's, like I said, there's different uh, aspects. So if you go to a competition, for example, there'll just be freestyle. Yeah. There's a freestyle acrobatic element, and then there's just an element of like static holds and handstands and all that type of isometrics. So it, it all varies. There is a sport of calisthenics. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, taking certain exercises and taking the principles of it and applying it to all sorts of training. Yeah. So I work with golfers, work with boxers, obviously like MMA fighters, yeah, okay. CrossFit athletes as well, and taking little things and seeing how we can apply it to the individual. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Because I, I can obviously obviously see how it applies to CrossFit with you know, yes. bar muscle ups, ring muscle ups, yeah. you know, I guess effective, of being able to effectively move your body through through different planes of motion. Yes. It's interesting to hear, the, you know, hear that you work with especially sports like golf which i guess you yes. don't necessarily associate with and i'm probably going to be shot down by people that are experienced <laughs> with golf but that don't necessarily associate with like strength or like huge impact yeah what does so well i'm quite interested to talk about competitions in a minute as well and yep. what that looks like what what does that what does a session look like for you so like, i'm used to coming in doing maybe a weightlifting piece or a you know, something with a barbell or, or something to develop strength. Then I'll do like a gymnastic piece and then nice. I'll do something sweaty to get, you know, my metabolic conditioning or my aerobic capacity up. Like I, I, I can easily see how I could fill an hour and a half, two hours coming in and, tr- you know, doing a CrossFit workout or following a CrossFit program. Amazing. What does that look like if you're practicing calisthenics? So it, it depends what you want to do for that day, of course, because there's so many uh, elements to it. Like CrossFit, for example, you know, you guys, are, you've, got the, you've got the bar that you have to do, you've got the gymnastic side of it, you've got the bike and the cardio and all of that. So yeah. it's like, it's a lot. Whereas in, in calisthenics, it's more so, okay, if I'm going to train on the rings, I'm going to go on the rings today, there might be a maneuver I want to do, or it might just be like I'm doing a maintenance work. <laughs> Same with the bar, but how I normally start is half an hour of mobility. So okay. to be able to get into certain positions, like you, you have to have the mobility, of course, you know, when you're, when you're talking about things like handstands or, or certain maneuvers which require like flexibility and mobility to have. And if, if you don't have it, then you're not going to be able to get into the position as well as you can, right? There's a lot of compression positions and everything like that. So I normally start with like 20, 30 minutes of mobility. Okay. And then it depends what I want to do. If I'm on the rings, I'm going to go on the rings and just warm up maybe with some rows and then some false grip rows. And then whatever it is that I want to do, I'm going to work on, work on that. And then of course, if it's the bar, whatever it is on the bar, whether it be muscle ups or if it's core work, toes to bar, Parallel, same thing. So it, it all varies. Sometimes I'll go in and go, okay, I'm going to do like half an hour on the rings, half an hour on the parallels, and half an hour core work on the bar. So okay. I'm, I mix it up because a lot of the time with with calisthenics or gymnastics and that, people, they'll train on one thing, right? So they like to train on the bar, which is fair enough. The bar's fixed. It's cool. But then if you take someone to the rings, yeah. They don't have that stability there, you know. Yeah, they, okay. need to, they need to work on that. So being able to train on the bar, being able to train on the rings, being able to train on the parallels, being able to train on the floor as well, you know what I mean, and take all the different aspects to it and try and 
combine it into a session is is also good too. So it completely depends on how I'm feeling that day. Because sometimes I'll grab a bar yeah. and I'll feel so weak. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going, okay, I'm going to do handstands today. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds fairly yeah. obvious, but I think the that like 30 minutes that you spend mobilizing at the start, as I'm aging and as I've got middles exactly. here and there, like the increasing importance of getting mobile definitely resonating. Yeah. Um, what's your What's your favorite thing to do? Uh, I like the rings. I like I like training on the rings. Um, it's uh, it's nice because it tests your strength, and you've got to be able to stabilize yourself, and and it's fun. It's just a fun way of of, of moving around. Nice. Which is good. Okay. What? I mean, based on having had you here to do a few sessions. Yeah. yeah. I would class you as a master. Okay, of, of, I appreciate of that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I mean, you've done a couple of sessions with the comp training guys who yes. are in here the most advanced athletes we've got. Amazing. Um, and both times we've been massively humbled by just how able and strong you are and actually how in our own field we think we're okay athletes. Yeah. And then we try and pick up something new and realise very quickly that actually... We might be able to do butterfly pull-ups, yeah. but a lot of the stuff that you get us doing is really challenging, even at a very basic level. Yeah. Um, how long did it take you to get to the level that you're at now, or do you like? How long have you been doing calisthenics? I've been doing calisthenics for about ten years, okay. on and off. So when when I was doing jujitsu to begin with, obviously that was what I was doing, and then I transitioned to MMA for a few years. Yeah. When I transitioned to MMA. I still did calisthenics as part of like the strength and conditioning, but it was more so just teaching people. So when I had clients, I would make sure that, you know, they would do, if they wanted to train calisthenics, I keep it that way. And it was more maintenance. It wasn't necessarily improving yeah. until about three years ago when I said, oh, I need to get back into doing this. And that's when I hit it really hard. Yeah. and just went in for three years. But um, yeah, I've been doing it a while and there, there's a lot to cover and of course like yeah. there's so many things that I need to keep working on to get better so for me it's like always a work in progress so I'm skillful at what I do but I feel that my, my teaching is a lot better I feel that my teaching is way better and it's, it comes from that sort of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu background where the devil's in the detail yeah. Yeah. where it's so small you know just a small minor thing can change everything so like when I'm watching people and I'm teaching them and that I can just look out for these small little adjustments to make and it makes a big difference nice and what um what took you the longest to learn or wh whether it's fl if we if let's separate them out yeah. then like floor ring yeah. bar, what did you find the hardest to learn what took me the longest was handstands okay. because I, I always neglected them but the reason why um I didn't necessarily begin and have the mobility in my shoulders. Okay. I tore my rotator cuff twice. I separated my AC joint all on the left, all on the left side of my body. And that's from like MMA and jujitsu and just years yeah. of wear and tear. And then that's why I got to a point three years ago after my last fight where I said, I need to fix my body. I need to take a bit of time off and just fix my body. And then I just really worked on um, my mobility, my shoulder mobility and my handstands. And now I think that's like the strongest element of my game oh. so it's funny how like the weakest yeah, thing yeah, turns yeah. into 100%. the strongest 100 and yeah. what's your favorite if you had to pick one movement 
What would be your favourite to do? Uh, so, uh, you know what? Like, I think a handstand's really good. And the reason why is because, obviously, you get a better understanding of your posterior chain. So obviously when you do the handstand, everything needs to be aligned, everything needs to be like your shoulders need to be in the right place, your hips need to be stacked over and you need to point your toes and everything like that. You need to make sure you suck your ribs in and, and yeah. breathe, you know, so I, I like it. I like it as like an exercise. There's there's so much you can do because it's a skill as well and being able yeah. to, to handstand. So not only are you learning a skill, it's like you're learning mobility, you're understanding like the mechanics of a movement, yeah. which is super important. It's interesting that you talk about posterior chain and handstands in the same sentence because almost everybody would assume that a handstand is purely shoulder strength. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting to hear you talk about that because actually posterior chain plays a huge part in, in handstand, handstand, press-ups, handstand, walking. Exactly. Um, what would be... I'm a massive fan of hands. Being upside down is probably my favourite gymnastic movement yeah. as well. Um, I don't echo that. For the <laughs> James loves a bar. Um, what, I mean, how would you, obviously we've done some sessions with you. Yes. And I guess this is probably a slightly broader question than just handstands, but where would you, where would you encourage people to start from if they don't, either people who are in here and who don't have a massive gymnastic or calisthenic background or people who want to start doing this sort of thing, where do they start? They start with basic movements, super basic. Because a lot of the time, you know, people want to go from like A to Z and then skip out B, C, D, E, F, G. You know <laughs> what I mean? They just want to get from here to here. And and it's if you want to do that, what will happen is eventually you'll hit a roadblock and then you've got to go back and then like relearn everything. So I would say to people, understand like the mechanics of your, of your body, like how your shoulders move, the planes of movement they, they move in, understand like the posterior chain, um, get your core strong, and then work on your hand balance. So, you know, hand balance could be, do it, you know, have it, having, a, having your, your hands out a little bit, gripping the floor in a push-up position and just transferring your weight forward, transferring your weight back, transferring it side to side so you get an understanding of, okay, I need to calibrate using my fingers and everything yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah, nice. Your fingers are really important. The same with your toes. If they're not firing properly, then everything else is in the yeah. fire. So <clears throat> just keep it super simple. Push-ups, different variations of push-ups. It's all hand balance, right? You're sort of balancing on your hands, you're using them to a degree. And then from there, Think about the progressions, so real simple progressions, first of all, like frog stance, crow stance, and then, you know, you have a wall, take it from there and just just be comfortable with it. And they have to gain the confidence with it, right? Because I could show someone how to do a perfect handstand, but if they don't have the uh, confidence to execute it, then it doesn't matter, right? So it's just gaining the confidence of being upside down because a lot of the time people have never been upside down since yeah, they were sure. like children, yeah. you know? But when you're a kid, you're, you're doing all of this thing, you're hanging and it's all kind of natural, right? So it's just kind of getting that inner child out of people as well. That's really cool. It's, it's really funny as well. Like the classes this morning, I've coached two classes and the programming today is handstand push-ups. Nice. And you've got people that are really competent and then people that have not been upside down since they were six years old yeah, and they're yeah. now like 35 yeah yeah and actually understanding that even if they are just putting their hands on the floor and kicking their feet up to the wall and kicking back down you know a couple of weeks worth of that the confidence that that will develop and how that will translate further down the line into 
you know, just being more familiar with being inverted is, is super important. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, you said something earlier that I'm really interested to, to explore. You said that you're, you're much better at coaching or teaching when you were, talk, when you were talking about your skill set and your ability. You said you're a much better coach. How, how long did it take you to start coaching and why, what makes you think that? Like what, what, what do you enjoy about coaching and how, how do you kind of compare the two? My mother tried to get me uh, coaching when I was like 18. Okay. And I, you know, at back then I was just, oh, I didn't want to do this. She wanted to get me in PT in because yeah, okay. she was having PTs and everything like that as well. So she was like, you need to get into this, you're training and everything. So yeah, you yeah. might as well. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to do it yet, you know? And then when I turned 21, I did it. So it's been like the past 10 years, which I've just been coaching and I feel that like it's, it's the energy transfer and, and that's what I like the most because it's one thing being able to do something, but if you can't relay that, that information onto someone and, and help them do it, then it's yeah. sort of pointless, isn't it? So like we're here to, to help people and try and get them to become the best version of themselves. And I feel that when I'm coaching people, uh, I become a lot better, you know, and I find out what I need to do good, you know, what I did good and yeah, what yeah. I did wrong. And it's all a learning process because I'm still learning massively, you know. Yeah. So just got to keep on it. <clears throat> nice. Do you, do you feel there's a bit of a, and I'm asking this from, from a coaching perspective, do you find that you, the better you get at coaching, the more you understand about your own training? So, and actually there's this bit of this feedback loop of, being able to relay to people how to move and how to train actually ends up making you better at what you do as well and actually vice versa do you find it exactly exactly like you were, well you asked the question earlier ellie a great question was like what what did you find the hardest right and what i found the hardest is what most people wanted to learn yeah handstands yeah. and that so i was like <laughs> right you know what i've got to really go and learn this and, and spend time with it and almost be autistic with my approach and just go, right, I need to do this and yeah, everything sure. like it. And, and then, you know, years later, it, it all works out. But um, yeah, I feel that what people what people want to learn, you have to be able to like, you know, get, give that to them. And, and if you can, then, you know, you, you want to at least learn. And, you know, you guys, for example, you're, you're great athletes, you're great coaches. I stick to what I know, sort of like the gymnastics or yeah. the, the jiu-jitsu side of things, mobility. You guys are doing weightlifting and gymnastics, all this other stuff. So it's like, it, it's tough, man. It's tough. So re respects to you guys. Because, <laughs> yeah, CrossFit athletes and coaches, you've got you've got to know a lot, you know? It's not just a simple thing. Like, I'm always around uh, CrossFit gyms and I see it and I'm like, whoa, yeah. we're going in. So it's nice. Nice. <laughs> what, are the, um, what are the common things you see when people, I guess, are starting to explore calisthenics, yes. what are the most common challenges that you come up against initially? I guess whether it's, okay, yeah. whether it's with specific movements or whether yeah. it's with people's mindset or yes. their view of things. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a lot of the time it's with people's mindset, right? Especially when you're getting someone upside down for the first time, you're getting someone's, someone on a rings for the first time as well, and it's like understanding that all right you, we're going to do this in a safe and effective manner and building up trust with someone you know what i mean once you build up the trust with them then of course like they're, they're going to do what what you say which is good yeah um that and number two normally if it's like a client it's always mo mobility flexibility okay a lot of the time about i would say 85 percent of the people that i see is just working on that yeah so i have someone who's 56 um and 
I've been teaching him for a year. He came to me a year ago mm -hmm. uh, and he said he wanted to learn handstands. This guy's 56 years old with Adam, cool. done anything, you know, a little bit overweight and everything like that. One year later, he's kicking up into handstands, holding it for like 10, 15 seconds, freestanding, you know. And this is someone that had like no mobility training, never had done a handstand in his life or anything. Yes. So like, yeah, things, success stories like that are, are always great, you know. That's really cool. <laughs> this is a, maybe a, a nice point to just give a little shout out to Di. Um, so I know, Mother. yeah, Ellie's, <laughs> Ellie's mum. Um, last week or the week before, I was downstairs training in open gym. I was in a handstand push-up class. And I don't think she'd ever done a handstand push-up. She had, but she hadn't done it for two years because she's had a shoulder cool. injury. So it was the first time back in a long time. Which nice. Was, and I, I turned around and I actually text because Ellie was up in the office. I actually text Ellie to say, hey, come downstairs. Your mum's doing handstand push-ups because she was kicking up against the wall, doing nice. handstand push-ups. Nice. It was super cool. I, and stuff like that. It's just so cool to see. Like, I... I posted on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago actually like it's really nice when you see I guess what by definition are high skill movements click with people that you know they're, they're probably some of the most unapproachable movements in CrossFit and I guess calisthenics as a whole can sometimes maybe seem quite daunting and unapproachable when you see people up on top of rings up on top of bars upside down like they're unnatural places for us to be yeah and when you see people engage with that for the first time or for the first time in a long time yeah it's probably some of the most rewarding yeah you're right. i think yeah for sure <clears throat> so you touched on it briefly there, there are obviously and this is news to me that there's obviously calisthenics competitions yes i mean it's it's, it's i say it's news to me it's, i'm not surprised by it but I can't say I would know necessarily what to expect. What does that, I guess this, this merges two questions for me. A, what does a calisthenics competition look like? Yeah. And B, what's, what's the end goal in, with, with your training and with calisthenics? Like, is it, is it just to have the broadest repertoire of movements as efficiently as possible? Is it, you know, like for me with like lifting, it's measurable in terms of the weight I can lift and you know how much I can snatch, how much I can clean, how many bar muscle ups I can do, what my 5K row time is, you know, there's obviously measurables. In calisthenics, is it as simple as, you know, the, the reps that you can do or the movements that you achieve? So I guess those are my, those are my two questions, tackle them as you wish. Awesome, so yeah, they're great questions as well. So um, a lot of the time with these calisthenics competitions, they're normally ran by the WCO, which okay. is the World Calisthenics Organization. Nice. And they'll split them off into subsections, like I said. So there'll be a freestyle element where yeah. people are on the bars and it's literally like acrobatics. They're doing flips and, and all of this crazy stuff. Yeah. And then they'll, um, a section which is on the parallel bars so like the high p bars yeah, and that's, okay. that's normally like that's a static set uh section so that'd be like handstands or planks or sort of static holds and then what they'll have is a weighted section as well where you know they go to the pull-up bar and then it's uh who can do pull-ups with the most weight okay uh, and then they'll have a reps competition as well there's normally Sweet. reps so how many reps of muscle-ups you can do yeah, or, yeah. or whatever it might be so that's how it varies um, yeah, they're really good. They're, it's always a good vibe as well. It's yeah, always it a good vibe. It's, re it's really, really nice. And the, the freestyle side of things, is that like, do you almost just design like a, a routine to do and then it gets... Or That's it. It's just combining different things. So, you know, it might be like seven or eight movements in yeah, one, okay. you know, so it might start with a muscle up and then like get that momentum to 
to get the swing and then up into something else. How's that been scored? Because obviously with the reps and the weight, that's obvious how that's scored. Yeah. How is the floor stuff? How would you score that? So on the, on the bar, it's that's a good question as well. It's the maneuver. So like difficulty. difficulty yeah. Rating. So one okay. minute, it's like gymnastics. So like gymnastics I was going to say it, it sounds a lot like Olympic gymnastics exactly. with like the parallel bar element, the floor element, and exactly that. So they've taken that okay. and then just done it in their own way. You know. Sweet. Okay. Good. That's really cool. So that that kind of answers my second question then in terms of like the goal. I guess it's to a to be able to execute the more difficult movements more competently and get stronger for the strength element and, and achieve higher reps for the reps element. Yeah, of course. And there's obviously like a risk factor with it. So it's like risk to reward, right? Yeah. Like you see some maneuvers and that they're high risk, they're high risk. And it's like, you know, it's up to the individual if they want to do that, that's absolutely fine, you know, yeah. but as you get older and that, yeah, so for me, it's all about longevity. Like, because the more that, that I do this stuff, the more creative I can be. And of course, there's movements that I want to learn. But, you know, talking about that risk or reward, I want to be able to do the same things I'm doing when I'm 60 years old. Sick. I might not be able to do it to the ability that I'm doing now, but I still want to be able to do handstands when I'm 60. I still want to be able to go and pull up bar and on the rings yeah. and be able to do that. So the more that I can move and yeah. and just get a better understanding of how my body feels because you know what it's like sometimes you come in and oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit this these these muscles today because I saw you done a workout yesterday or whatever it might be. So it's just understanding, okay, how can I keep moving mm. and doing it in a way which is effective and I'm constantly learning and yeah, just keep the longevity going. Nice. You know what it's like when you're injured and you can't train properly and you don't feel so good. And it's like, man, I just want to train. So you realize when, <laughs> when, when you don't have the injuries and you're like fit and healthy, you've got to make sure that, you know, you're grateful for that. Yeah. Because when you are injured, it sucks, you know? So. Nice. I was going to ask, what, what, what is your own goal? And you, you just said kind of longevity, which I think it's an interesting question for CrossFitters because the way that we... So if you're a competitive CrossFit athlete, yes. you're definitely not looking at longevity. No, no, no. Because the amount, <laughs> of, the amount you are asking of your body, there yeah. is only so long that you are going to be able to perform anything like at that level because you're just not going to be able to keep doing it. Of course. The flip side of that, <clears throat> and almost ironically, is that what we, what we preach and what we teach in classes, that is all about longevity because it's, about, it's not about competition, it's about fitness. Yes. And everything that comes with fitness so mobility coordination yes. and all, cardiovascular all that sort of stuff um and obviously longevity is the goal for a lot of people like my mum we just talked about just because yeah. she's in it for longevity doesn't mean she doesn't want to learn how to do the skilled stuff exactly. of course she doesn't actually people do handstands strong posterior chains strong yes. shoulders what do we need when we get older exactly. so it, it doesn't mean that you don't get to do the fun stuff aside from Okay, so you've answered the question about longevity. What's your what's your next goal? What keeps you training at the moment in terms of is there a specific movement or a weight or a rep scheme or something in particular that you are currently working on? Yeah, so there's certain movements that I'm working on, but it's more so like being able to do those movements and understand how to teach those movements to people yeah. that want to learn them. Because not all the movements that I do people want to learn you know it's like handstands like muscle ups bar muscle ups you know mobility core work yeah but if i can learn these other things 
and I can apply them to my to my teaching for sure. So that's definitely like a, a, a big thing for me. As a as a fan of the bar muscle up, what's your max set unbroken bar muscle ups? Twelve. Is it? Twelve. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Twelve. You you do. Um, <laughs> His will be strict though. I was going to say you yeah. do everything strict. <laughs> yeah, don't you? yeah. 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 So for you guys, do you, is there is there any movements that involve kip or like is it purely focused on like total body control and everything super strict? Yeah, let me think. Is there a movement which I do which involves a kit? No, it's like, I, again, I try and keep it as strict as I can. And, it, yeah. and here's the thing, like, with you guys, you do your thing in your way, which is great. Like, and then if when you're learning it strict, it's like, you know, you, you understand, oh, okay, my, my hip needs to be in this position or my yeah, legs need sure. to be in this position. And you yeah. can do the reps like that. And then yeah. when you get tired, you know, you can keep doing yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And it adds to the strength element part yeah. of it as well. So, yeah, we don't try and use the kit. We use the kit in a different sort of uh, way yeah. to, to you guys. Um, but it's more so like the posterior will change. There won't be any break. Nice. So go from, for example, a bar muscle up. Like the first exercise that I get people to do is like that hollow pull which yeah, is sort okay. of like an opposite to the, the gymnastics kind of kit yeah. you guys do, yeah. where you bring your hip, your hips yeah. kind of back and your legs go, <clears throat> go back this way. Yeah. We're, we're like pulling, using the lats and the shoulders to open up. So yeah, nice. it's more strict to movement, but again, it can it can be applied to, nice. to different movements. I, I think for anyone that's ever done kipping ring muscle-ups and then strict ring muscle-ups, you'll probably appreciate the difference and the challenge in going from kipping to strict. I like, I... I've, I've probably tried them two or three times in my life and kipping bar muscle ups, love them. Nice. Strict bar muscle ups, I literally don't even know like where to start. I can't envisage getting myself over the bar yeah. with a strict bar muscle up. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's really cool. You see people do them like super slow and just, you know, ring muscle ups, bar muscle ups. So yeah, it's a lot of respect for people that have got that level of control. Awesome. What's next for you? Have you do you are you competing? Are you like what? What's what's the next goal on your on your list? It's cool. So what what I've been doing the past like two years um, is going around the UK and going around Denmark. So obviously I live in Denmark and teaching workshops, calisthenics workshops yeah. uh, at CrossFit gyms yeah, all, yeah. all around the country. So um, I teamed up with Noco and Barbells, oh, and they they help me with my workshops. They yeah, supply okay. all the products. Nice which is nice and um yeah just gonna keep going with that got lots of workshops planned for the new year so i'm just trying to get out there and give a big transfer of energy that's why i like to teach workshops because i'm able to to give a little bit more yeah for sure which is always good and just keep going with that um we're working i'm working with someone from the world calisthenics organization and we're working on a decentralized health organization where essentially we want to help uh Get an incentive to people that work out, and we want to pay them in cryptocurrency. Oh, sick. so okay. that's what we're working on right now. Um, it's we're going to start that in January. That's guy, cool. Guy called Johnny Garcia. He's a uh, really he's amazing at calisthenics. He's like won so many competitions yeah, in the okay. past, and that he's from Oakland. Um, we met a few months ago just online, and we had a really good relationship. And yeah, we're just going to work on that now, and and just see what we can do with it. That's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Nice. All right. And where do people, if they want to check out what you do and you know check out your stuff, where do people find you? They can find me on uh, social media. So uh, Instagram, uh, Nirvana underscore movement. Nice. Same on Facebook. 
and then uh, my website which is www.nirvanamovement.com and then I have another website which is teachable.com forward slash Nirvana Movement and that's all my workout programs and everything on there. Sweet. Okay, I'll put links to those in the show notes team as well so if you want to find Sammy and all his stuff um, just give a click in the description and all the links to Instagram, websites, etc. will be there. Sweet. Anything from any last minute questions? Um, I don't think actually... On your Instagram and your website, have you got? You've obviously touched on the importance of mobility. Yes. And it's something that we talk about a lot in here. And most people go, yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> blatantly ignore it because yeah. mobility isn't the fun stuff. It's not no, the sexy no, stuff, no, no. but it is the Forward, important stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think until you've picked up significant injuries, you don't necessarily have that wake-up call to say, actually, yeah. you really need to to work on it. Do you on your website or your Instagram page have? your mobility routines that you go through before you work out so that people can kind of have something to follow rather than because if they go right I want to work on mobility a lot of people wouldn't know where to start so. yeah yeah I have that for example so if it's uh we start with different parts of the body so it might be the ankle so I show different movements for ankle mobility nice same for the hamstring same for the hip That's same cool. for the back and the shoulders so yeah nice. wicked all right there you go, team. If you've got any niggles or anything going on or you know you're particularly tight in any particular areas, good little resource for you. Um, Sammy, thank you so much. Thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I found out a lot more about calisthenics than I knew 40 minutes ago, so that's really cool. Um, team, hope you've enjoyed it. As always, give us a shout if you've got any questions that you want us to send over to Sammy. Obviously, I'm sure he'd enjoy it if you got in touch with him directly, if you have any questions or anything that you want to explore. If you've got any feedback for us, let us know what you think. Um, if you've got any suggestions, if you want to come on and chat about something, if you know somebody that you think could offer value, give us a shout, drop us a message either on Instagram or, or drop an email to hi at valesco.fitness. And that's about it. Hope you've enjoyed it. It's been fun. It's nice to be back. We've got a couple more incoming over the next couple of weeks. And until next time, have a lovely day.